It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to the Wolfpackers show. We're calling it emergency edition, I guess. Wolfpackers show. Um, but for good reason. I'm Matt Carter, and I got with me my co uh, co-host, staff writer for the Wolfpacker.com, football recruiting reporter Ethan McDowell. Uh, before we get started with the breaking news on Monday, that could be a very significant development for NC State. Let me just get a few household uh, household household items. Thank you. Out of the way. Um, please sign up for our website at thewolfpacker.com with the rapidly growing on three network that now has an app that caters to its premium subscribers. So it's just getting bigger. Um, this has been probably the most successful network launch in the histories of college sports fan site networks. Uh, we're very proud to have been one of the first sites on it. So come see what it's all about. You get access to every message board. You don't get to post on every message board, but you do get access to all the premium message boards on the network, including ours, where you may have been tipped off about some of the uh, breaking news of, of the transfer edition on Monday. So take advantage of joining our website and our growing community. Um, also, please, wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you listen to them and download them, uh, rate and review it. That helps us out. And if you could, follow us on YouTube if you're watching this on YouTube as well. Um, leave a comment. Maybe share some thoughts about what this might mean for NC State. Uh, last but not least, please go check out our sponsor, Rogue Shop. Dot com. That's R-O-G as in girl, U-E-S-H-O-P dot com. They have all your natural cannabis needs. It's a small out, a small company, a husband and wife outfit. And the husband's a disabled veteran who uses his products because uh, to deal with some of the uh, issues he's had and from his past. And if you have maybe some chronic pain or sleep deprivation or maybe you suffer from constant anxiety and, and nothing has seemed to work give it a try they're on our message board they also have a live chat feature on the website at rogueshop.com where real life human beings you're not talking to some some uh, hired party or some ai bot or anything like that you got somebody there that'll help you out and point you to the right product completely legal completely safe to maybe help you with some of your needs so Got that out of the way. The big news on Monday, which has kind of been a, a looming development, Ethan, Brad, uh, Bradley Rosner from Rice University is transferring to NC State. Now, very late transfer portal edition. I'm just going to give some biographical information on him. Six foot five, 204 pound receiver who was a junior college standout, junior college All American. Came to Rice in 2019 and really uh, excelled right away. Had 55 catches for 770 yards and five touchdowns in year one. Was named all-conference by various outlets, including Phil Steele, uh, the coaches, Pro Football Focus. Basically missed the next two years. 
Shout out the COVID year, got hope in 2021. The past year came back with a bane. Had 44 catches for 876 yards and 10 touchdowns, averaging just about a penny under 20 yards per catch. Um, entered the transfer portal, I think, in June as a grad transfer. Uh, he's old for college student. I think he graduated high school in 2015, if I remember correctly. Ethan, what did, I mean, we've harped and harped and harped about the question marks at receiver. And here we are, 45 days from the kickoff at UConn, and NC State has just gotten itself a six foot five all conference receiver from Rice who had over six, almost 1,700 receiving yards and 100 career catches in basically two years. I mean, I think it's almost hard to wrap your head around how big of an addition this could be when you just think of how late in the process we are. I mean, it, it's July. I don't think he entered the portal until around July 5th. Yeah. And um, he's a guy that I think if he entered in December or during the second window, um, I think he's someone who has offers from tons of teams. I'm not really sure what the competition was like from NC State's side of things here. But, I mean, shoot, I'm sure there were still a few suitors for whoever had those open scholarships, and this was just an awesome job by NC State staff to get him in the boat quickly, get him committed and ready to uh, make a huge impact. Because you look at him, you look at his size, and you look at his production, and um, you put all that together, and it's the type of guy that has had so much success in um, Robert and I's system over, over the years, and he can add – just an absolute mismatch element to the outside receivers room. He uh, takes a little bit of pressure off of some of the younger guys who we were kind of um, hoping are going to emerge and kind of reach new heights this season anyways. But now, you know, you have someone who, even if he can come in and deliver half of the production he did last year, even if he comes in, has like 450 yards and five touchdowns, that's still a major boost to NC state's receivers room and something that could be, extremely helpful so kudos to the staff just an awesome 10 out of 10 job here i agree and that is the curious case of what happened here it was a about a later transfer portal addition that you're going to see and i do think one of the big questions is is how quickly can it get acclimated to what nc state is doing offensively um how quickly can he pick up the playbook how quickly can he get a chemistry with Brennan Armstrong, or if, it, or if the case may end up being MJ Morris. Those are very valid questions, but there was no bigger question on NC State than the skilled players on offense. Not just on, that's not the biggest question on offense. It's probably the biggest question on the entire football team. Absolutely. And so you just add it. And to that point of how quickly can you learn the offense, I'd like to remind people that every other football player on this team has 15 practices working in this offense. So it's not like he's so far behind a lot of other players. It's a new offense. And I don't know what kind of offense Rice ran, to be perfectly blunt with you. I know the first-year offensive coordinator last year. Um, but it's not like he's coming from behind the eight ball versus other guys and trying to learn the offense. And the fact is, is he's old, older. I mean, he's one of the oldest. 
I would venture to guess he's going to be one of the oldest college football players in the country. And maybe that played a role in Maybe he was waiting for a waiver to come through before he hopped in the portal and it came through in July and that opened the window for him. I totally agree with you. I think if he went in the portal in December, um, you probably would have seen half the SEC, probably everybody in the Big 12, everybody after him. He's a native of Texas. Um, so it would not surprise me if, if he had gone in the portal, if you had seen every you know, Oklahoma or Texas or those type of schools going after him, because you don't have a lot of guys who are six foot five and have over a hundred catches and almost about 1700 yards and 15 touchdowns in two seasons and more than all conference performance. I think the fact that NC State had scholarships available probably played a huge role mm-hmm. in what happened. NC State isn't, I don't know the exact count. We think it's about two or three scholarships still under 85. Who knows where other, other schools were at this point, but this is one of those rare occasions where maybe missing on some of those receiver guys you were targeting in the transfer portal back in January and February, it comes back to to be a blessing in disguise. I mean, it just shows how um, fluid college football recruiting is now in the transfer portal, that you can add a potential game changer, potential number one wide receiver in July. It's, um, it's nuts. It's completely different than um, – what we've ever seen before, but for I'm sure NC state is thrilled about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and y- your point about like this being, he's, he's from Texas um, to my knowledge, no clear links to NC state or North Carolina. So this is someone that I think are a lot of the interest here. I think is probably because of coach and I and yeah. coach and I's system and the established track record. He has taking these tall receivers these guys with unique sort of skill sets and developing them into all conference players. As a reminder, um, coach and I has coached two consecutive all ACC first team tight ends at two separate schools. And um, one of those guys, um, Aranda Gatson, he, I mean, I, he, he's a tight end on the roster, I believe, but um, I mean, he played all over the field. He did just about everything. And I think he's also six foot five. So um, maybe you slide him sort of into a similar role this season and just kind of let him cook. And um, if he can get his mind around the playbook, around the system, because it isn't, it isn't an easy system to learn from everything we've gathered. But um, I'm sure the moment he arrives on campus, um, him and Brennan Armstrong are going to be attached at the hip, kind of getting that chemistry going. And, um, yeah, it could be huge. Because even if you go back to 2021 and you look at their roster, they had they had a couple guys that were – similar sort of like six, five and up receivers who were just mismatches and gave um, Brennan Armstrong a huge weapon to use at UVA and was part of that super, super prolific offense there. So yeah, overall huge addition. Armstrong has a history of working well with taller receivers and um, should be excited. Now they had the big question. How does he fit in this NC State offense? Yeah, um, you know, we tried to get out of Robert and I some hints about who's that outside receiver and inside receiver. He, he, he's a veteran. Uh, he's been around. He's done probably six-figure number of interviews in his life, and he he knew. I think he knew what we were trying to get, so he didn't offer up any information. So we don't really know at this point who who's going to be outside receivers or inside receivers. 
we do know that one of the changes in the offense, it will be more airway-based. And so you're going to have four receivers on the field a lot. That probably, and that includes the tight end. I think you'll see tight ends flexed out quite a bit. That's why we both think that Trent Pinnock might be in line for a good year this season. But having said that, um, how do you think he fits in the offense? I mean, is there, uh, is there an element that – do you think he's an outside guy? Do you think he could be more of a mismatch if you put him in more in the slot on the inside, kind of a, a ace-back type person? But that's also Trent Penix's role. Is, do you mm. want two of those guys on the field at the same time, or are they going to crowd each other up? Um, and, and, and so th- th- there are some things they have to sort through. I mean, I'm going to venture a guess neither one of us saw Rice play a football game last season. So um, a little bit blind here, but how do you think he best fits based on what you know about the NC State personnel? Yeah, and I, I did watch some of his highlights, and he did do a little bit of everything in terms of being inside and outside with Rice. So. He's got that base skill set probably to do either. Um, I think as far as how he fits into NC State's personnel, I think the larger hole is probably at outside receiver. And if and I and um, Coach Joker Phillips also believes he has a has the skill set to play the outside receiver position, I bet that's where um, I bet that's where Rosner will slot in. I think he'll take on a role, and uh, if he can get his head around the playbook, maybe just you know, lock down one of those starting spots there or at least play a huge role in the rotation. Um, In doing so, you allow uh, a guy like maybe Julian Gray plays a little more inside, which I I know last year he was asked to play outside a little more. Maybe he can shift inside and kind of use his um, speed and quickness uh, more in the open field. Maybe that's a little more exciting there for him. And then you just have Rosner and you had six foot five. I mean, hey. That's, that's a red zone guy right there, which is kind of what they need. They need a tall guy, especially when, you know, you're looking at two of your top three outside receivers could be um, Keon Lassane and Julian Gray, which um, they're both good players, but they're not the tallest guys in the world, right? Yeah. So you had um, a six foot five guy in there. You still have um, DJ Collins in there too, the Clemson transfer. So now, really, if either of those guys emerges during fall camp, you have a tall, and um, skilled outside receiver who can make plays. And um, so right now, I pen, I pencil, not pin him in as an outside receiver. And uh, we'll just have to wait and see how those first couple weeks of practice go. Um, one, one thing that Coach and I told us when we spoke to him earlier this summer was that uh, in order for him to cross-train you in the inside and outside receivers group, you have to be an all-ACC, like, um, expert-level guy at one of them. Yeah. And um, like it seemed he feels pretty clearly about that. Like that that is if you want to play outside receiver and you're a tight end, you you better be a, a good tight end and a good inside receiver. So we're going to have to wait. And it might be difficult to um, master both of those groups in such short of a time. So uh, we'll see. But um, yeah, for now, outside receiver. <laughs> I tell, I, while you were I was listening to everything you said, you don't perceived that I was ignoring you, but I did pull up his uh, stats. Uh, Pro Football Focus does a nice job of dividing up the, the snap count uh, by position, and you're right. He did do both, but was primarily an outside receiver at um, 
Rice last season, 607 snaps at outside receiver, 73 in the slot. Mm, okay. Six out of seven of the snaps, whatever the, that math is. I'm not a math guy. Um, that, that's where he suited up. Interestingly, his grades at Rice are very good, uh, for those who are wondering. Um, he, uh, in 2019, in his all-conference year, he had an overall grade of 71.2, about 64, considered average. Anything above that, it kind of considered above average. Um, so he was considered well above average uh, for Rice. And then last year, in kind of his return, he was 70.3. Um, and he, got, he does look like he's a willing run blocker. Had a very good grade in 2019, more so-so last year, but we know how much Dave Dorn loved physicality on the edge as part of the the run game as well. Um, so I agree with you. I, I, I think when you're looking at uh, the NC State roster and you looked at those the uh, receiver position, the, the need was more clearly defined on the outside because I do think Trent Penix is going to kind of be flexed in the slot as an ace back. I do think there's some upside with guys like Julian Gray and Casey, uh, Kevin Concepcion, and Porter Brooks had the ability. I think it's just kind of consistently catching the pass is, is what's key for him at this point. Um, but I do think there are a little bit more established options on the interior, on the inside versus the outside. Where Keon Lassane had a nice year. Not sure, yeah. He's definitely a guy that can play in the ACC. I'm just not sure he's he's established himself as your primary feature receiver, which, quite frankly, on paper he is coming into this coming season and. DJ Collins had a very quiet spring. You have to remember, he pretty much sat out most of last season for Clemson. So, you know, it's not like he guy that Taylor made to make an instant impact. You know, Juice Foreen had a nice spring, but again, it, you know, he's more of an ace back versus outside receiver. As you mentioned, Robert and I is not really interested in cross-training guys until they clearly have established themselves as that caliber of a wideout. So that's a question mark. And quite frankly, some of these other guys like an Anthony Smith and a Terrell Timmons are flashes, right? Who knows if that flash is going to translate into consistency now that those opportunities are there with Thayer Thomas and Devin Carter moving on after last season and before that, Emeka and Medji, and, and then quite frankly, probably having more receivers on the field in this new offense. Um but does Adam Bradley Rosner change Ethan McDowell's outlook for NC State next year, this fall? I, I think it honestly does raise the ceiling for me a, a good bit. I, now you're, you're, you added a potential number one guy. I don't think the impact of that can be overstated. Um, it wouldn't be surprising super surprising if he ends up with like, you know, 50 catches and 850 yards like he did last year again. It would not be surprising if he replicates that success. And if he does, then shoot, that that would be, he would, last year he would have been the leading receiver at NC State by over 200 yards. Um, if, if he can get anywhere close to that, it would be huge. And um, he would be, 
you know, maybe not an all ACC caliber guy, but like pretty close to it. And um, that would be huge. It can make the difference in some games. If you, just having a guy you can throw the ball up to in the red zone when the rest of it isn't working, that, that can be key, especially when you lost um, Devin Carter and Daryl Jones from last year, who were your primary guys for going up and getting the ball at the goal line. So we'll see. I, it definitely raises my um, hopes and expectations for the year. As long as he can stay healthy. That's another thing is um, health has been a major question mark for him over his college career, but as long as he can stay healthy and um, gets a hold of the offense and fall camp, then yeah, I think this is a guy Wolfpack fans should be very, very excited about. Okay, let's make some bold predictions here. Let's say um, I'll, I'll start off, give you some time to reflect. Um, starting, let's say they go with four wide receivers slash tight ends. All right, let's go who we think will be the starting four. I'm going to say with this addition, I think Bradley Rosner goes right into a starting outside receiver position. Keon Lachane on the other side. Trent Penix is one of your two inside guys slash ace back. And then I'll say um, Porter Brooks will have a nice camp and take that last slot receiver spot. That's probably the one I'm least confident about, but we know Porter Brooks can do it. I mean, he's he's shown it there. It's just, I think it's for him, it's just the consistency of catching the football at this point and making some of those more difficult catches. But I think he had the potential. You know, when he was at Myers Park High School, Excuse me, Myers Park High School and putting up video game numbers with Drake May. They were spread out all over the field and it was similar air raid style. So maybe this new offense will benefit Porter Rooks. So that's kind of where I think if I'm redoing the depth chart, how I have it after the addition of Bradley Rosner. And I would say second screen outside would be Terrell Timmons. And then a good question on that. That next one, maybe uh, Anthony Smith at this point. And then on the inside, I go uh, Julian Gray. And I don't know, that's a good question on the other. Do they try to keep that eight back position consistent? Maybe a Christopher Tootle? Or are they just going with the best guys? In which case, I think Kevin Concepcion has a chance to put, put himself in that, as Dave Dorn said, circle of trust that Robert and I relies on. So um, what do you think of him? You know, it's really interesting because uh, the best case scenario is you could have a pretty deep wide receiver room if it shakes out this way, just because there's there's so many unproven guys right now that um, if even a few of them take a leap, then you're in a good spot. But um, on the outside, yeah, I think um, Rosner's not coming somewhere in his eighth season of college football to sit. <laughs> I think he will um, – I think he'll play – one of those outside receiver positions and um, Keon the same. We'll go ahead and put him in there. But honestly, I loved what I saw out of Terrell Timmons in the, uh, in the spring game. I've always been super high on him as a player. Um, so I'm really excited to see maybe he takes that step forward and maybe not at the start of the season, but eventually maybe he takes one of those outside spots. Either way, he's going to be playing a lot of snaps and he's definitely in the second unit um, inside. Um, yeah. Trent Penix. Again, super experienced guy, uh, someone who I think has like borderline all ACC potential this year and um, someone that I, I've talked to this summer and he's really, really excited about this offense and his, what his role is going to be in it. And then um, the other inside receiver spot, yeah, I, I, I think Porter Rooks, because um, like, 
even he didn't have a great year last year. Um, and I'm sure he'd be the first one to tell you that, but, uh, like the two prior years, it was, he had legitimate production mm-hmm. and, um, I, I think you slot him in there, like you said, in a more wide receiver friendly system, maybe he makes some plays, but, um, I, I'm just saying there's plenty of buzz out there. I am keeping an eye on um, Kevin Concepcion to eventually take a starting job somewhere in the offense. I think as a true freshman, he's going to be playing a lot, and it would not be su- surprising me if by, I don't know, Marshall, he's starting in the slot. And I can um, predict him. Yep. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so there's a lot of excitement right now around the receiver's room. This obviously bolsters it, and, uh, yeah, we'll see, we'll see what happens. But I'm quite excited now. All right, well, listen, we, uh, we do have some of this stuff to start the season is coming right around the corner. I think the uh, annual Triangle Football Coaches Banquet, I, I don't know, sponsored by the Bill Dooley uh, Foundation or something of that nature. It, it, that's coming up soon. That seems to be the annual summertime football right around the corner kickoff. But more noteworthy is next week. Uh, we the Wolfpacker.com will be in Charlotte, right? Charlotte, Ethan, for yep. the ACC kickoff multi day affair down in Charlotte. That's when it gets really real. And then after that, first football practice. I said, we're only 45 days. If you've been following on the Wolfpacker.com, you know exactly how many days there are until kickoff because we do a countdown to kickoff. There's only 45 days left. Till the start of the season, forty-five is the number. Uh, former uh, NC State linebacker, now strength and conditioning coach, Antonio Thunder Burnett, when he played at NC State. So it's going to start um, heating up here real quick. And I, I tell, I've told people, look, the only part of the schedule has the potential for NC State to get on a run if they can surprise Notre Dame in week two and add in a Bradley Wisner should only increase your excitement to be able to potentially do that. Um, if you go back and look at how Syracuse started last season, watch how that offense out of the gate exploded on some teams that were not ready for what was coming at them. And we're talking good teams like Louisville and Purdue could not stop Syracuse offensively. Because, quite frankly, they just didn't have the, the game tape. Well, now NC State's adding another X factor into that equation. It's going to be very hard for those early teams like UConn and Notre Dame to be fully prepared defensively against NC State. Just saying, there's some reason to be potentially very excited uh, about the early games and the month of September for NC State football. So, on, on that little tease note, um, that's a reminder, another great reason why to sign up for the Wolfpacker.com, um, on the on three network. Also follow us on Twitter and Facebook and YouTube and all of the social media channels, Instagram. We are the Wolfpacker. You can follow Ethan at Ethan M McDowell on Twitter. Um, also please, again, if you're watching this video, um, give us a, a follow on YouTube.com. Make any comments you want. You can tell uh, which one of us has a better looking room um, if you'd like. Or if you're listening to us 
more traditionally on a podcast, wherever you get your podcast and you subscribe and download, please rate and review. We humbly ask that you do the nicest review possible. And last but not least, go check out our sponsor, rogueshop.com, R-O-G-U-E-S-H-O-P.com. They have all your natural cannabis needs, uh, whether it's sleep deprivation, chronic uh, pain issues, or maybe you're suffering from anxiety. These are natural products. They're legal. Emphasize that. They're safe. Emphasize that. And this is a uh, small company, husband and wife uh, own company. Um, and they, they are there to support your needs and point you in the right direction. They have a chat feature on their website. You can also go to our message board where they will also help you out if you have any questions. So for Matt and uh, you know, I'm Matt, for Ethan and I'm Matt, this has been the Wolfpacker Show. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.